Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy, and today we're going to be covering episode one of the new Disney Plus original series, Loki. So we were extremely lucky to get a pre-screaming excuse me, a pre-screening for this episode from Disney Plus. So a huge thank you to Disney for hooking us up. We're recording this. Today is Tuesday so that you guys can listen to it right when the episode drops on Wednesday. But without further ado, we got an episode to talk about and what an episode it was. If I'm being honest, they just they just gave us everything within 10 minutes and I'm just struggling to catch up, if I'm being honest. Yeah, this is a really strong opening episode, and I guess we need to give a quick shout out to Paul. He usually would be on here with us, but we had some technical difficulties, and I feel so bad, but he wasn't able to watch episodes one and two. <laughs> but, I mean, there wasn't any Paul's sexiest scenes in this episode. I mean, unless he likes Miss Minutes, he might like Miss Minutes. I liked Miss Minutes. <laughs> but hopefully he'll be back with us next week. But yeah, th- this was really, really strong for a first episode. I honestly think that... Besides the hype for WandaVision, this is the biggest catch to me. Like, it caught me really easily, really nicely. Again, we said we watched the first two episodes, and we're going to keep episode two spoiler-free 100%, but that one even gets stronger. This is a really, really strong start to the series. For sure. Nothing more to add. I, I'm like all in on this series. I was hoping that Loki, uh, I was a little bit more interested in just the idea of Loki than I was like Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I'm mm. not disappointed through two episodes, but we're only going to be covering episode one today in this podcast, like you said. And this is going to be a straight up instant reaction from us. You're not going to get the full on normal bench town deep dive just because we wanted to give you guys a literal instant reaction to us watching this streamer. With that said... We good to just get into it. it. I want to start at the beginning, obviously, because the opening scene, it just took us right back to Endgame. And I loved this part of Endgame because it was so Loki for him to just see the Tesseract like right at his feet. Like, is this seriously happening right now? And just pick it up and teleport away. And I never really there was so much going on in Endgame that I didn't really pay it any mind that Loki was now missing, but sure enough, we now get to follow his story and he teleports to, I don't know. It looked like the middle of nowhere first off, but he was in front of, I don't know, native Americans, like Inuit people. So tribal people. And he immediately starts trying to like rule them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This guy, this is a really great way to start the show just because Two different reasons. Like you said, it reminds us of Endgame. I just loved this scene, like going all the way back to Endgame a couple years ago now, where they're, they write Hulk so well. You know, you're, you're thinking about Avengers 1 because this is where the time travel thing is going to. You, you see Hulk where he's all pissed off because he can't take the elevator. He smashes the, the door open when he's, he's all pissed. He has to take the stairs. That's why the Tesseract goes flying. Loki grabs it. He disappears. But again, this is good because people forget. I mean, it it has been years since we've seen this. And if you're not a full on Marvel enthusiast, you might not remember why there's this Loki. You know, you might not remember that this time travel thing existed with Loki. You might not remember that he exists because he, he died to you. If you're if you're a casual fan, you might just think, wait a second, Thanos killed him. You know, but now it's a great way to remind us 
where we left off and what's going on with Loki. So we're in 2012 Loki time. He thinks he's still 2012 Avengers Loki, but it's, I guess technically that's to them where we are too, right? Like if we're thinking about, or, I mean, he does yes, say that the TVA, I, everything's a little bit different time. Yeah. But. Where he goes, uh, I got the feeling that the TVA operates outside of, what we know as time. So right. I don't think they're, they're operating in like a linear year because they just have to take a step outside of the actual timeline to be able to observe everything that's going on. Right. Right. So I guess he goes from 2012 to TVA comes and scoops him up. And then we go to the TVA headquarters. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's, he's caught up. It's hilarious because he thinks he's the God of mischief. He thinks he can do whatever he want and nothing's working. He has no idea what's going on. He has no idea what the TVA are. And the viewer probably doesn't as well, because for the most part, unless you're an avid comic reader, the TVA is not something that you're going to know about. They're the time variance authority. I've read plenty of comics. I actually haven't read anything with them in it. When I did a quick research on them, I was actually surprised at how little they really are in like the Marvel comic universe. Zach, the comic guy, probably would know about them. I would assume he would, but I'll give you guys a quick brief overview of what they are in the comics. Very, very similar to what we learned in episode one. The responsibility is monitoring, monitoring the multiverse and the timelines to make sure that nothing too dangerous exists and nothing goes off the path of the sacred timeline. But like I said, they're very similar. They do have a couple things that I thought was cool because they have like some kind of relationship with Kang the Conqueror that they're always trying to deal with him because he's the timeline crazy guy that everyone loves from the comics. I'm sure we're going to get Kang the Conqueror at some point. Our boy Owen Wilson is a character in the comics. I don't know how big of a deal he is, to be honest. But most of the TVA employees, I found this pretty interesting. In the comics, they're called Cron chrono monitors and they are literally faceless people they're just artificially created quantum technology and their specific purpose is to make sure every timeline is correct nothing veers off the path if any anomaly exists a new one is created and he is he or she or it i guess is assigned to that anomaly there are some other staff members that exist but the main one is our boy own wilson mobius Apparently his name is Mobius M. Mobius. I didn't know that. I, did I, I think they were just calling him Mobius. They were the calling show. him Mobius, yeah, yeah, but I looked it up. Mobius Mobius. Yeah. The only other thing I really want to bring up is that when they have these cronies, I guess you can call them, they originally, they were drawn to, to I guess they don't have faces, so I don't know exactly how they're drawn like this, but they're drawn as an homage to specific artists in Marvel history. I think I believe there's one that was the original that they made it a template off of him. And then they did it again later in history for another artist. So uh, these cronies, are they essentially the ground soldiers that we saw on the show equivalent, yeah. but obviously they chose not to make them faceless people. Exactly. Exactly. That would have been pretty cool if I'm being honest, but I understand why they chose not to. Yeah. I have a feeling that certain ones, especially ones that we'll find in episode two that get a little bit more screen time as well, may be somebody that they want to use going forward. And if they're faceless, you know, obviously they're not going to be a a major character. Right. Um, But yeah, they, they start off in Thor. They show up a lot in Thor in the beginning. They actually show up a lot in the what if 
comic series, which maybe they'll show up in the What If Disney Plus series that'll be coming out in a couple months. They have a storyline with She-Hulk, which is a little crazy. I read into it. We're not going to worry about it. But otherwise, I was actually pretty surprised that that's the main things that they're used for. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe are going to use them to be a big deal. And we actually read, or I read at least, that Kevin Feige said that this show, now, hear me out here. I, we They said this for WandaVision. They said this for Fat Dubs. They're saying it for Loki. They're saying Loki will have the biggest impact on the MCU going forward. Have they we'll said see. it for all three? I believe so. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, when you say it for WandaVision, there's no other Disney Plus shows that exist yet. Yes, that's true. So technically, he probably was still telling the truth. But I would say for this one, especially with the direction that we know they're taking through episode one, we can already tell this is probably going to tie into Multiverse of Madness. Yep. Also, just bringing in this idea of the TVA and the timekeepers, obviously super powerful beings. Mm hmm. That seems like Eternals yeah, sort of stuff, it, like it the does. sort of people that they would be brushing shoulders with, you know, just super powerful people, which I really know nothing about the Eternals, but to the casual fan, which I am, that's, those are the links that I'm starting to make. Yeah, that's a good link. I mean, I, I honestly don't know much about the Eternals as well, so I'm excited to see if they're going to have any kind of uh, correlation too. For sure. So first off, I do want to mention these weapons that all the TVA cronies mm. are carrying. They are just staffs that can manipulate time or more like batons. So right when we see it in action, this chick just walks up to Loki, who's being cocky as usual, mm -hmm. whips him with it and puts him in slow motion. So she just nails him across the face. He's feeling all the pain in real time, but <laughs> slow motion just falling to the ground. I thought that scene was perfect. This entire just progression of Loki being processed through the TVA is just mm -hmm. so humbling for it is. probably the most cocky person in the entire MCU. Someone who fancies himself above any other being in existence. And he is just being broken down and battered by these people who obviously know way more than him and mm -hmm. are more powerful than him once they put the neck cuff on it or yeah. whatever you want to call it. So I, I just loved that dynamic of someone who honestly is one of the stronger people that we know of too. Exactly. Like, you know, he's Thor level in strength and that shows that how strong the TVA is, you know, that just their foot soldiers can take him down with ease. 100% humbling. I mean, even for us as viewers, you already said it perfectly. Loki's a god to us. You know, I mean, he's been beaten plenty. We've seen him be beaten. We've seen him technically die. But it was hard work. You know, it wasn't like you're saying with these TVA soldiers just being I mean, like, hey, uh, you want to punch? You're going to try to punch us and we're going to slow you down, knock you on your ass, put a collar on you and send you send you packing. It's crazy. Yeah, if we were to list his L's to date, it would be Avengers 1, where he literally required the Avengers to assemble to beat him. Mm -hmm. He kind of got bodied in Thor Ragnarok by the sister and then Thanos. Yeah. And if those are your three L's, those are those are pretty powerful L's. And for the most part, every L, except Thanos, he lived to see another day and he had another plan that he was already hatching. So... I mean, I love Loki, man. I love yeah, Loki, is, too. Yeah, this was this was crazy to see. And it, it automatically made the gears turn for me, wondering and hoping that, actually hoping not, but wondering if there's going to be any kind of villain that comes out of these TVA people because they're way too 
strong, but I'm thinking that going back to what the comic says about them being almost created for their purpose, I think their higher purpose, especially like what Mobius was saying, they they live for their purpose. And I don't yeah. I don't really see any villain coming out of it. And I hope they don't just because they are ridiculously strong. Yeah, for sure. I think if anything, the timekeepers would be the villain, but they seem neutral. They seem like they're just doing their thing. And like you said, the TVA is made for their purpose and everybody who is part of it seems to buy in. Owen Wilson definitely buys it. He definitely buys Um, it. So let's let's continue with the processing. So there were two things that happened that were really funny. He like drops through a trap door and he's in a room with a little cat. I don't know. I'm no, just guessing. It, I'm just guessing it was the guy's cat at his uh, de- the guy who was sitting at his desk. Like, <laughs> oh, were they in the same room? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. But the dude at the desk literally just says, "Sign this for to confirm this is everything you've ever said." Yeah, <laughs> so ridiculous. And anytime he says something, end that, end that, sign that. Yeah. You know, that's that was in the trailer. That was freaking hilarious. And mm-hmm. then as soon as he signs it, boom, he falls again. And this one was hilarious too because. He has the little machine thing going on and he's he, he's got his nice outfit and he's saying this is Asgardian leather. Don't mess with it. And next thing you know, he's butt ass naked. <laughs> Dude, but the way that the machine handles him, it literally just like vaporizes the clothes that was on his back. And he yep. looks at it like in fear, like, holy shit, this thing just handled me. Yep. Another trap door. And is this where he has to take a ticket? Yeah, yeah. Dude. Well, this scene was funny just because he still he still hasn't been broken yet and still yeah. hasn't realized that these people are stronger than him. So he's given the dude guarding the take uh take a number thing. Yeah. He's given him shtick saying, I don't have to take a number, I'll just go to the front of the line, whatever. Reluctantly yeah, like, takes there's li- one. There's literally two of us here. Why the hell do I need a number? <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even bring up the other guy. He was starting to give give people shit. Uh, Loki sees him just as he's entering the TVA. That guy's freaking out, saying, you know who I am? You know who my father is? Whatever he's yeah. saying. Yeah, and then he gets a, a nice slap in the face when the other guy doesn't have a ticket, and he gets vaporized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. TVA doesn't have time for people without tickets. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. So Loki scrambles for his ticket. Luckily, he was forced to grab one and he presents his ticket. And then he gets put in front of the judge. Yeah. And, and I actually, this- I, I want to rewind on you really quick, because this is where we first meet Miss Minutes. And she's given us the explanation. <laughs> yes, you're TVA. absolutely right. Yeah. So I was wondering forever what the hell this little clock cartoon was in all the trailers and all the mm-hmm. and all the promotional stuff. So. I knew, like, I was like, is this like another WandaVision thing where shit's going to be going a little crazy here? But it's it's funny how they have her basically doing the orientation for the workers and for yeah. the people being arrested, the prisoners. But we already went through it. She pretty much gives a quick overview of why the person's here, what the TVA does. She's pretty much like, hey, while you're waiting for us to vaporize you. Here's why. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, then he goes to the judge. So I do think, wow, Miss Minutes, there was some important information there that Miss Minutes gives us. Uh, One is that this TVA is essentially, the TVA is monitoring the sacred timeline, which is essentially all multiverses happening in unison linearly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And whenever something diverges from, I don't want to call it the correct path, but the path that everybody agrees is part of the sacred timeline that creates what's called a nexus event. And Miss Minutes says that when a nexus event is, you know, started, it starts to branch off and there's the potential for it to 
keep branching off out of control, mm-hmm. which could bring up. I they use some very strong verbiage there. She said like a, a multiverse war. I think was yeah. said, and mm-hmm. I think the word apocalypse might have been thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. So there are some serious repercussions for an unchecked Nexus event. And the Nexus event that Loki was here for was he was not supposed to pick up the Tesseract in Endgame. Right. He was that not was supposed not supposed to, to disappear. Happen. Right. Yeah. So when he goes to the judge, this actually answers the big question that I had. And I think mm-hmm. I was reading that a lot of other people had it as well. So the Time Variance Authority exists so that they can monitor any t- type of time travel, any time of Nexus events that are going off the path of the sacred timeline. So I was wondering the entire time, why isn't Cap getting arrested? Because he, in Endgame, is, is, his whole purpose is to go to different timelines, get the Infinity Stones to fight Thanos. He changes shit for him by going back and living his life with Peggy. You know, so... Loki's the one that brings that up, yes, right? Yes, yeah, that's why I was yeah. so happy because he says mm-hmm. the Avengers are guilty. They're the one changing the timelines, but then yeah. the judge straight up says to him, that was supposed to happen. But what you did wasn't supposed to happen. And he's like, what yeah. the hell? You know, Jesus Christ. But- so people are allowed to manipulate time if they do it in a way that agrees with the sacred timeline. As long as it technically was supposed to happen with the sacred timeline, they're fine. But his was a Nexus event, which I'm so happy that they gave us that answer because that was really yeah. blaring, glaring, blaring. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a big thing that I was thinking about the entire start of this episode. Honestly, either of those would have worked. I think you were looking for glaring. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was looking for glaring. <laughs> nice. So yeah, what comes out of that judge interaction? They, so, they're going to reset him, right? Is the yeah. word that they use. Yeah. So actually, we did. We're going with kind of the whole Loki storyline. They already did show us an Owen Wilson storyline that we didn't when he goes to see the actual TVA agents being slaughtered. We'll get to that in a second, but. Right. This the whole situation with the judge is where he is pleading his case and he's being cocky and he's and he's questioning authority like he does. And she's saying, are you guilty or are you innocent? And he's saying, you know, like, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of that. But I'm not guilty of what you say. And she's like, answer the freaking question. And then that's where we get the conversation about the Avengers. And she says that was supposed to happen. And then she says, you know what? Guilty. Get the hell out of here. Pretty much we're erasing you. So then Owen Wilson is actually Mobius is in the courtroom and he says whoa 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 you know i think i can use this loki and then she says approach the bench and they kind of talk it out and he's and she says are you sure you want to do this and he says trust me you know let me have them but i guess this is a good little time to rewind where the reason why owen wilson wants him and i keep saying owen wilson mobius (laughs) the reason mobius wants him is that you know, we're introduced to his character. We know that he's higher than one of the lackey agents. <laughs> the the hierarchy that we know is Owen Wilson, the judge, timekeepers, right? Yeah. That's really all we got. Yeah, and it's funny because if you read the if you read the introduction of the TVA in the comics, pretty much Mobius is quote unquote middle management in TVA. But yeah. whatever, I mean, he's our boy. So he goes with a couple agents to the last Nexus event where our enemy here, our villain that we don't know who it is, is slaughtering TVA agents. They're killing them off. And purposely, it seems like he's he or she, I guess we don't really know who it is, are leaving. They're leaving signs kind of for them to follow. 
And this is where there's the little kid shows up and <laughs> the TVA agent is about to obliterate this little kid. Yeah. And, and Mobius is like, whoa, whoa, it's just a little kid. So we get the in- introduction to this little kid who says that they got the gum, right? The, yeah, the bluey oh, gum. Yeah, the little kid has the blue mouth and he says, Why is your mouth blue? And then we see the kablooey gum, which is something that Owen will uh, something that Mobius takes as evidence. And you know, he oh Mobius. <laughs> you could just call him Owen yeah. Wilson, man. I, yeah. I, li- I like calling him Owen Wilson. Mobius says, Who did this? And this little kid, this little bastard, points at a stained glass window of Mephisto. <laughs> so Let's get this off the table right now. We actually just posted on the Binstown TV Instagram Instagram account. Kate Heron, the director, has confirmed, she said it word for word, that the devil stained glass window that looks exactly like Mephisto that this little kid points to is not Mephisto. No signs to Mephisto. Do not think about it. It is not going to happen for this show, which is awesome that she said that because I honestly take that stained glass window as a more blatant hint of Mephisto than anything we saw in WandaVision, to be honest. Like, I mean, I think it was pretty compelling evidence through the mirror. You could barely <laughs> glance and see someone's red. Arm. Oh my God. Evan Peter's hand was so red, dude. dude it was so were, red. You wanted it so bad. You were looking for the clues. Oh my uh, but yes, that was, that was literally a blaring, glaring nod to Mephisto. <laughs> and I'm glad that they said they learned their lesson. 100%. Yeah. They probably watched the episode and were like, ooh, they're going to go crazy with that one. Let's just, let's just let him down right now. Yeah. And apparently it was in the promotional uh, trailer. So she knew to say it. Obviously, it came out right. now, which the episode isn't even out now. So as of this, this podcast recording, so she knows to make sure to say it right away. Like we said, that was a little bit of a, re- a rewind. After Mobius has this conversation with the with the child, he goes back to the TVA and that is where he goes to talk to the judge and he asks to have Loki go under his custody so that they can talk. So he brings Loki to another room and we see a projector, we see a table and chairs, and this is actually really cool where this is where we first see the time twister. So anytime Loki tries to do anything to Mobius, he just kept he keeps getting rewound, brought back, rewound, brought back. So he basically, like you said, humbling, putting him in his place. Mobius is letting him know, dude, I'm here to help you. Stop messing with me. You know, I got this time twister thing. Just freaking sit down and talk to me. He's quite literally a dog on a leash. Like yeah. he, he is powerless. Exactly. So pretty much he sits him down. He says, Okay. I want to work with you, but we can't work together unless you answer these questions, honestly. And, you know, Loki, he's beating around the bush. He's messing with them. He's he's not answering the questions, honestly, obviously. But Mobius wants to know why he does what he does. He wants to know what makes Loki tick. He wants to know, do you enjoy killing? Do you enjoy destroying life? And, you know, like like I said, Loki's not really answering the question. And then this is where... Mobius says, okay, well, why don't you watch this for a second? And he starts going with the projector. Yeah. So he he says, let's take a look at your greatest hits. Um, And it's just, it's literally the highlights of his life. And it's, I, I appreciated it because it was 
like 80% clips from the movies, you know, nothing from off screen stuff that they were right. just pulling from. It's all stuff that we've seen on screen. Like I, we were talking about it off mic or off pod rather. They present to him this idea that him and Thor used to be very close and have mm-hmm. this brothers in arms sort of dynamic. And then they showed him a couple other clips of how he's betrayed Thor numerous times and how he's completely severed that tie. He showed him the clip from Avengers one when he, I think it's in Germany in front of a crowd where he makes everyone kneel. And then mm-hmm. that one old man stands up and I'm bringing that up because they didn't show up, but that one old man was a boss. He was because he was just like, there's always going to be people like you. Yep. Yep. Legend. But what else did they show? Anything big? Yeah. I mean, the other big thing that he shows is the fact that Loki betrays his mother and she dies, right. you know, and Loki's whole thing right now, and we already brought this up in the beginning of the podcast, is that he is 2012 Avengers Loki. Like, the Loki that we know that passed away, all of that character development doesn't exist technically for this Loki. But watching that video, it's almost like he's living through what our Loki went through. And obviously it's not the same thing as living through it. And, you know, Loki thinks this is a simulation. You're messing with me. This isn't real. But then when he starts seeing everything happen and he, and you can see his face when he sees that he betrayed his mother and she, and she dies. And, you know, like you said, him and Thor, Thor says, Oh, you know, basically like I, I never gave up on you. I always looked up to you. You're my boy, but you sandbagged me, you know? And like they, it shows that eventually they do get to become brothers again and and they are really brothers in arms and he's looking at this and you can see it in his eyes that he's starting to believe it and he's and he's feeling something um and and there's progress being made with mobius at this point but then he gets interrupted is this when the the crony comes in yeah yeah mobius has to leave on something causes him to leave he's right. he's called out of the room on assignment or something so he's left with the guard i forget her name all, all of these guards have a letter followed by a number i just forget what this one was right uh but it was the main person and she's just watching the door and loki pulls a loki and just kind of finesses you know engages her starts talking to her and then he pulls a slip on her and somehow he finagles his own neck brace off and puts it on this chick yep Yep. I mean, and that was awesome. Totally Loki. It was awesome. And, and it's, it was, and, and it's funny ahead. because I don't know how you're supposed to look at this scene because obviously Loki is, well, I mean, he's an antihero. He's a villain in the beginning and he ends as an antihero, but is she supposed to be the protagonist and he's the antagonist? I'm rooting for Loki when he does this. I was all pumped, Dude, you know? <laughs> always rooting for Loki. Oh, yeah. And he... <sighs> He has been a villain, but I think he's developed into more of an anti-hero at this yeah. point. And at this specific point, this is a Loki that, like you've been saying, is from 2012. So he hasn't made the mistakes between 2012 and current time yet. And mm-hmm. it's seeming like he's going to get to carve out his own path and choose how he wants to continue to live, especially now that he knows the mistakes that his dirtbag actual self is supposed to make. Right, right. So we have our boy Loki taking care of this lady TVA agent and hilariously he's using the time twister on her and she's going back and forth and back and forth and over and over and over and over and over. It was hilarious. Dude, that was just pure punishment. It was. It <laughs> that was. was 
That was ruthless. That must not have been very comfortable. So at this point, he slips right out the door, and now we have a rogue Loki in the TVA. Yeah, and this is a fun scene because where does he go? He has no help and literally doesn't know where to go. And this is where he starts running through the office area, and he finds the <laughs> dude. I forget. How did they meet originally? Just when he was being processed, right? Yeah, so, yeah he's the guy at the front desk or something when uh, he's being processed or, um, or something like that, right? He's one of the... One oh, of the... he takes the Tesseract from him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah, he's yeah. being processed, he drops the Tesseract, and this dude picks it up and just walks away with it. And yeah, he he remem- recognizes the dude, so he and the dude is kind of a goof, you know. He's that archetype of a character, and they're all in cubicles, which I think is very funny. That the TVA is just a very bureaucratic system. Like, yeah, yeah. I just love that parallel. Uh, but you know, he dives into this dude's cubicle, and he's just like, "Where's the tesseract? Give it to me." The guy's like, oh, "I don't really know why you want it or where it is, but yeah, I guess I could dig it up." pulls out the Tesseract from this drawer and Loki looks in the drawer and the Tesseract is sitting next to like eight fucking infinity stones. Unbelievable. And and this guy is just telling him, yeah, some people use them as paperweights. Like they come in here all the time. We see them more than you'd think. And that's when the gravity of the situation finally hits Loki Mm -hmm. because he just slowly gets up and starts walking into the center, like not trying to hide anymore. And he says out loud to himself, like something to the effect of this might be the greatest power in the universe. Like, is this it? It was really like that. That was the moment because even when he was watching the projector, he still thinks this is some type of simulation. He thinks he's being messed with and he's the God of mischief. So he's not going to let anything get past him. And I loved how he said earlier in the episode, you know, you think you're going to manipulate me. That's cute. So, and I believe that was in the trailer as well, but this moment right here, he was like, Oh my gosh, like I can't do anything. You're telling me that an infinity stone means nothing to these people. They use it as paperweights game over. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I kind of want to go back to when you were saying that the TVA isn't really that big of a player in the comics. That's probably by design because these people are just kind of like watchers over the timeline and they don't want to affect any change. And yeah. they probably want to operate outside of anybody's knowledge or yeah, awareness that, of them. That makes a lot of sense because, yeah, technically, if you're thinking about how this works, the fact that they show up in the Marvel universe, the comic universe, just so we know that they exist is good enough because mm-hmm. when they show up at the scene of a crime, quote unquote, they reverse it or delete everything that happens. So as the comic reader, like you said, they want to be in the shadows. So right. we don't want them or they don't want to be seen in the comics, in the panels. So, yeah, I mean, that does make sense that they're not seen too much. It's cool to think that they always have been and always will be a presence though yeah yeah i mean they are like the watcher his name is and we talked about this during i believe fat w's are definitely wandavision mm-hmm. the watcher is an alien entity i guess he's an alien technically but he watches over huge events in the marvel cinema or i guess marvel comic universe and it's very similar like you don't see him too much but mm-hmm. when you see him, you know, shit's about to go down, you know? Yeah. So, and he doesn't really ever, I mean, there has been some instances because, you know, like Zach, the comic guy says, the universe has been around for so long. Sometimes shit's going to happen, but usually they don't interfere with the storylines. 
Okay. <laughs> That's so cool. So when the watcher appears, you're like, okay, oh. he's here to watch something like yeah, something huge. They're just, they're enormous. And they're just part of the background mm-hmm. of the, of the screen yeah. of the panel. And they're just watching. <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah they're literally and they are going to be in eternals i believe so yeah they're they're just straight up making sure everything is going down the way they want it to go down i guess you know they <laughs> it's crazy i like how you defiantly like I'm crossed like, your arms just <laughs> like yeah just like me everything's going down the way it's supposed to this podcast is, is going exactly <laughs> how i want it to go Let's let's talk about this really quick. We might as well just bring it up now. Owen Wilson, he's just so good. This reminds me of one of my favorite movies, and it's Wedding Crashers. And when I say that, it's because Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, their back and forth is so good. And Owen Wilson is just so good at playing off other actors. Him and Tom Hiddleston yeah. are so good back and forth, back and forth with each other. It's You can really tell just having a veteran acting presence in a scene, but watching him and Tom Hiddleston like riff off of each other. It was good. There's chemistry there, but I think to your point, Jimmy, it probably wouldn't matter whether or not there is chemistry because Owen Wilson just knows how to do the damn thing. Exactly. Killed it. He plays like 80% of all of his character is the same character. And that character is Owen Wilson. And then (laughs) I think that 20% kind of varies between character to character. This guy, Mobius Mobius, I think we, I'm a little bit indifferent about the TVA as a whole. It's an awesome concept, but I don't know if they're good, bad, or if they're just neutral. I feel like this Mobius Mobius guy is a good guy within them. Someone who I am happy is watching over our boy Loki. I agree. And and let's not forget to say that Tom Hiddleston is phenomenal as well. I mean, oh yeah. Wow. They're both so good. Something I also wanted to bring up, I'm pretty sure this was brought up in the scene with the projector. We might as well talk about it. The D.B. Cooper thing was (laughs) that was just so hilarious. I'm going to admit to all of our listeners that I actually didn't know what D.B. Cooper was or who he was. But after I looked it up, so hilarious. So for people who don't know, D.B. Cooper, make a long story short, he's one of the only he is the only hijacker of a plane in United States history that got away. And to this day, they still don't know who or where he is. So hilarious that they have it be Loki. He does the hijacking. He takes the money. He jumps off the plane with the parachute and then he gets sent back to Asgard. And that's why they can't figure out who it is. And the fact that he says, oh, my gosh, I lost a bet to Thor. He made me do it. So good. (laughs) Yeah. I was wondering where they where they were going with that when we saw that when they first start going to that scene and he's sitting there on a plane and he's sitting on the chick. And I'm like, what is this going to be like? (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that was. Yeah, that was a cool little nugget they put in. It was, it was. So now he's going back to the room, right? Yes, and he he doesn't get caught, does he? He just goes back to the room of his own. To keep watching the projector, yeah. To keep watching, and as he keeps watching, he sees how the rest of his life plays out up into his death with Thanos. And this was really interesting, too, because after being shown all of his let's call them lowlights, just all the times where he just made the worst decision. Finally, you know, Thanos, uh, that memory starts coming up and he is rooting for himself when he sees, oh my gosh, yes, I made the right decision to help Thor try and take this guy down. Like, good for me. 
And then he sees that he dies. And I think he starts chuckling to himself because he's like, oh my gosh, the one time I make the right decision, I die for it. He's like, figures. But that moment was really good for me. It did it. You could see it in the facial acting. Like he he's distraught right now because Loki above all else, he does not want to die. He's a very self-serving purpose Mm -hmm. person. So to see himself die, that makes something click. Yep. And I don't know if you were thinking about this or not, but I immediately thought of the fact that we're going again, back to 2012 Loki. This is the Avengers Loki. He was working for Thanos. He was secretly doing Thanos's bidding. Oh if, yeah. So to see like him going toe to toe with Thanos and then getting killed by Thanos, I'm just thinking that he also was like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> I'm getting tricked apparently or something's yeah. happening. Yeah. So at this point he's a broken man, pretty much. He's, we see him sitting against the wall, um, head in hands. And then the Tesseract's pretty much just on the floor. Cause he did take it back. And Mobius walks in and he says, Pretty much, he says, like, are you ready to work for me or work with me now? And then they do have the conversation that we alluded to in the initial scene where they're in the room together. And he says, you know, so tell me, you know, what's the deal? Why do you do you enjoy killing? What do you do? What makes you tick? And he says, I don't like to kill, but I have to because it brings up the illusion that I am powerful. Mobius says, finally, you understand who you are. So we can work together. So I don't think it was a finally you understand. I think it was a finally you're letting me know that you do know who you are as a person. Like you've always understood that that's what's going on. Now you're finally being truthful to yourself. That's something like it's good to know. You've always known that that's why you're doing these despicable things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're 100 percent correct on that. And he wanted him to finally tell the truth. You know, that's all Loki does is lie. So now he knows he's telling the truth because Mobius knows that is the truth. And it's also important because this is where we get our cliffhanger final reveal of the episode. I'm glad you know who you are because you're going to help me find you. (laughs) The variant that we're searching for that you're going to help us hunt is Loki. And that's that's the end of the episode. And it's a great cliffhanger. I mean, the entire episode, when we're seeing this hooded figure, I'm wondering who could be the villain of this episode, you know, or this series. And it's awesome that it's Loki. Who better to be the villain? Yeah. in the Loki series and Loki himself. I mean, my questions at this point are who is this other Loki? What are the differences between our Loki and him? Like, are they the same exact person? Um, you know, is he smarter? Is he like, I don't know. Who is this hooded figure? Because he's clear. They keep using the term variant. He seems to be, a more noteworthy variant within Mm -hmm. the TVA, you know, if he's causing them this much issue and there's gotta be some sort of difference because the TVA was able to handle our Loki. Right. What makes this one special enough to be able to keep on evading yada, yada, yada. Yeah, this is, it's really cool that they're going to be doing the Loki versus Loki scenario for this uh, six episodes. Obviously we're not going to do any theorizing because we do have one more episodes worth of knowledge. I do have a couple things I want to ask you about Mm. that I think is fair play here. One rewind that we didn't bring up, and I want to bring it up because it's funny and because I'm wondering if it'll come into play later. There's a situation in the room when they are going to the projector where Loki gets a little insubordinate and he gets up and Owen Wilson 
Mobius thinks that he's mm-hmm. going to attack him and he uses the time yeah. twister and he throws the chair before the time twister happens. So when he goes back to his spot where he's supposed to be sitting, when, when Mobius rewinds him, he falls on his ass because the chair is not there. And Mobius says, sorry, you know, I can time twist you, but the, the chair stays, you know, stays where it is, you know? So if you right. throw it, it's going to stay there. Hilarious. First of all, Second of all, I'm just wondering if that will matter at some point in this show, like if someone will be holding something important or if some, you know, where it'll rewind or fast forward them. But the object that they care about or we care about may not go with them. Yeah, I don't know. Could just be for a quick gag. But at the same time, you know, Chekhov's gun, anything that is presented should be used. So I I actually did think that myself like what could the implications of this be first thing i thought was how is it affecting their clothes because that's like technically yeah. a separate thing but i wasn't going too deep into that one uh but yes that did trigger me and i think 100 that's on the table cool yeah and so the so the last thing i wanted to bring up to you were these three timekeepers and i don't know about you but for some reason i was getting some kind of like they're not real vibes or something I don't know why they just seem like this, like this overarching, like almost like the Mandarin in Iron Man three, where it's just, yep. I mean, they're not going to pull that on us where they're like, it's the Mandarin joke, but it just like, they just seem like gods that don't exist maybe, or I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure. I just, it's something that I was wondering. I know what you're saying. Cause everybody's being a little bit cryptic about it and it's, Yeah, it seems like even the judge who we've seen, who is, as far as we know, the highest non-timekeeper part of the TVA. Right. She's, I don't know. Nobody that we've seen on screen seems to have easily accessible direct contact to these people. And if these timekeepers are so far removed from what's going on in the actual TVA, then yeah, that question starts to get raised. I pretty much took it at face value because I know these super strong cosmic entities are in existence in the MCU. So I think I was just more excited to have these three timekeepers because I'm hoping to see them sometime in this series. But yeah, for sure they couldn't be. Uh, But if that is the case, then it brings up the question of who is running the show for this TVA. There's got to be someone super strong pulling the strings. Yeah, and maybe it isn't going to necessarily be that they don't exist, but uh, like almost to the fact where you were saying you can't wait to meet them or you hope you meet them, I'm thinking that maybe we just won't because with them being like these godlike, and you know we obviously know gods because we have Thor and and Loki and Odin, but and we also know that the Eternals are coming. But with these guys, it just seems like you know with the statues and and it just seems like they're going to be so powerful that maybe we just don't ever meet them. They're just like pulling the strings, doing their thing. I don't I, know. I think that's more likely. I said I'm excited to meet them. I yeah. don't think we are going to meet them. Yeah. I I don't think that brings into question their existence for me personally. Right. I no. think that would almost hammer it in. Like these guys don't have time for anything but their timekeeper obligations of yeah. making sure the universe runs from start to finish. Yeah. And that's what I took it as. Um, but kind of to wrap this up, Kevin Feige said this is going to have major implication or the most implications on the MCU than any of the other series. One episode in, I can already totally see that. 
Agreed. I mean, if Loki exists at the end of this series, then 100%, because now we have Loki back to life in our normal timeline, if that somehow can happen. Any other thing that happens will affect the MCU as a whole. We are, we, you know, WandaVision, we were in Westview, and it was a little anomaly that was going on. And yeah, you know, Wanda is going to affect the entire MCU eventually, but at the time, it was just the anomaly. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I would say, definitely was more MCU total MCU related with yeah. everything going on after the blip. This one, with with dealing with the sacred timeline, I just assume it's probably going to be the biggest when it comes to the actual cinematic universe. Definitely. I think just the introduction of the TVA is big enough because this whole concept of the time and the sacred timeline, that's that encapsulates everything that we've been watching. You know, the MCU is a part of that. Yeah. And the question I started to come up with is the TVA going to be coming for Wanda? Like, was that a Nexus event, her creating the anomaly or was that supposed to happen? Yeah, that's a good theory as well. And actually, now that we're talking about this, the one thing you brought up, the multiverse war and say the end of this season somehow relates to Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and Spider-Man. I mean, a multiverse war, Doctor Octopus, Electro, all those guys coming to fight Spider-Man from the Sony universe, we already know that's happening. Yeah. So that is kind of a war. You know, maybe that is how it affects the entire MCU. That would be, I think that's safe to say that that could be a possibility. Yeah. And they're already referring to, they're using the term multiverse in this show. So direct correlation to multiverse of madness. Whatever happens in that, I think they're going to plant the seeds and set it up with this show. Mm -hmm. And boy, I am just so excited for that movie, but also the rest of this series. I'm so excited for the rest of the series. I'm so excited for a Spider-Man trailer. Hopefully that's coming soon. They're probably holding it as as much as they can because it's going to answer too many questions. People wanted it on Tom Holland's birthday. It's too early if Loki has anything to do with it, you know? So we might not get one until the end of Loki. But this episode was really strong. Guys, if you liked episode one, you're going to love episode two because we get more answers, more craziness, more mischief. Phenomenal. Episode two definitely slapped and keep an eye out for it because that's going to be part of our continued coverage of Loki. We're definitely going to be hitting episode two and all the other ones. As always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Binchtown TV and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.